Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. It's like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. That's right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz, come strong. But don't come at all. You know, one of the things we always talk about here on this show is the purple kryptonite. Texas has had issues in the past with TCU and Kansas State. Texas conquers the purple kryptonite this year, but maybe now we need to start talking about the power of the mullet. Because (laughs) Mike Gundy has now won four in a row over the Longhorns, including on Saturday night, a 38-35 loss for Texas on a wild, crazy homecoming weekend in Stillwater. One of the craziest endings to a football game I've ever seen. One of the best environments I've ever been in for a football game. And we will talk about it and get ready for a top 15 showdown at DKR this weekend against West Virginia. This is Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing well. I, I like the way you brought that, though, with Gundy because Gundy, he he definitely he loves taking on Texas. And then he was quite empowered and entertaining in his press conference after taken on texas yeah mike gundy while saying he and i and i quote doesn't give a rat's ass about twitter i could uh, give a rat's ass makes the uh makes the same fart noises with his mouth that my eight-month-old daughter makes frequently that's amazing it was genius actually uh, the audio was good the video like had me rolling. The, the oh yeah, notes. it was brilliant. No, that 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 guy. I'm telling you, ain't no. Th- I think the mullet is keeping him young. Cause, damn, he looks good. Like he looks like he's not aging. He's he's 40. I think he looks better now than we did when he was 40. Yeah, cause he wasn't just that slick back guy. Right now he's more tan. Like I don't. Something's going on with Mike Gundy, man. He's like Benjamin Button. He's aging backwards. Or yeah, something, well, when you know he gets saying? old, it's sort of just he's. I could give a rat's ass attitude is what he has, and he just sort of is like, got, up here it is. Let's go. That's I a Native, like, Native American blood or something. In him, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, I don't know. He's got something. A man who actually did not have a problem beating Oklahoma State when he was on the 40 acres. In Mike fact, he wasn't there, though. And once you made, literally had a big time playing once one. Once made an interception that won a game for the Longhorns against the Cowboys back in, the day. back in the day. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 acres where he earned his degree. Whenever his T-ring gets here he will wear it proudly nevertheless he is a card carrying member of dbu number 21 in your program number one in your hearts mr rod babers and rod when we the intro brothers always when we break down this game we got to start on the defensive side of the ball of course oklahoma state is the first opponent in the todd orlando era other than oklahoma to have a 500 yard performance on a todd orlando defense and everything we talked about on this show everything we talked about on the broadcast last week that these are the things Oklahoma State needs to do or needs to focus on or needs to hone in on to have a chance against Texas. Not only did they do all of those things, get the quarterback involved in the run game, add extra hats in the run game, test Texas vertically, yada, yada, yada. They executed better than Oklahoma State shown on film to have executed all year. The truth is, those this game plan was better than Lincoln Riley's game plans versus Todd Orlando. Oh, no question. And anybody's game plan versus Todd Orlando because – they had talent. So if you want to go back to Louisville at U of H, you can go back. Honestly, you can go back to as far as you I'm guaranteeing you have never seen a better game plan offensively versus a Todd Orlando defense in the history of Todd Orlando as a defensive coordinator. Because those other guys, there was Baker Mayfield's attached to them. There was, you know what I mean, Lamar yeah. Jackson's attached to those game plans. There were guys who were considered some of the greatest football players in the history of college football attached to those game plans. So I'm going to give Mike Gundy credit and say his game plan was better than Lincoln Riley's game plan. And he had more days to, to prepare. He had 10 days. 
But and we've talked about that nauseam because you know Jeff comes on the broadcast, shameless plug, from one to three. But on Mondays and Thursdays, Jeff comes on to review the games on Mondays and then to preview the game coming up on Thursdays uh, during the two o'clock hour. So if you want to tune in, that's when you do it. But we were talking, and now did I tell you that? But I mean, what every weakness that has been uh, revealed within the—I'm talking about the, the framework and structure, mm-hmm. not 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 just personnel. I don't want to get personal, you know, the Manny Acho, Chris Boyd thing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, we, we, we need to get into personal. Let's talk about structural integrity of a right. defense. All right, because at one point in Manny Diaz's defense and in Vance Beffer's defense, that was exposed. That was structural uh, integrity issues, mm-hmm. right? You just knew, like, oh, damn, you can do that almost every damn time against that defense, and it's going to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Jets sweep earlier this year was a big part of that with Tyrell that, that was a structural issue. Like, you got infrastructure issues within your defense. And, you know, something was brilliant. Mike Gundy, and I, I think he did it just really well, because uh, I remember Maryland kept doing it. They would use their tight end as kind of an H-back, and they would put they would put him really flexed but so really close to the backfield. <laughs> yeah. So he was almost another back in the backfield. It was almost 20 personnel, but then it wasn't. Um, and Maryland used a lot of the jet sweep in the misdirection, and and we all knew that gave Todd Orlando's defense issues because they were adding another man in the running game, and it seemed to give Texas linebackers issues specifically. And I said on the show last week, and I, I said on this Longhorn Blitz podcast, I said, man, they're going to use a lot of two-back formation. They are like that cowboy back anyway. But K-State had success using their like two backs in the backfield. They did it last year, I think more than this year. Hell, Oklahoma last year, not so much this year, they've had a lot of injuries in the backfield, used a lot of two-back formations versus the Tarlando defense and had some success. Mike Gundy just did it to perfection. And the reason you do it, and the reason it matters, and I, I tracked it, in those first 55 plays in the first half, there were uh, 28 out of those 55 plays, there were two backs in the backfield, 20 personnel. And you say, why does that matter? Because last year, Oklahoma State had a huge issue getting o- 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 offensive linemen to the second level. They couldn't do it. That's why Malik Jefferson and Gary Johnson were flying to the football. They just could not get a body on them. They couldn't get a hat on them. And if you have two backs in the backfield, not only do you – you know, obviously the linebackers, they have to focus on, hey, there's more action in the backfield. That could be misdirection in the backfield. But also those those backs and those tight ends, they can get to the second level and they can get to the linebackers. And for a guy like Gary Johnson, not that big of an issue because he's got make-up speed like a DB to get back to the football. But for Anthony Wheeler, it is a disaster yeah. because you can preoccupy him and then once you bring a little jet sweep motion and he's got a – take a little half step the wrong way and then react. He's a half a second behind truly, but in the Big 12, man, it might as well be two seconds. You know what I mean? With the way they run the football. And they kept running that stretch and that outside zone because they want to move that, that, they want to move that hole and the, the linebackers have to ultimately diagnose where the hole is. But if they pick wrong and they don't have the speed to catch up, Oh, it's a done deal. And, and you got a body on you. And that's exactly what they kept doing. That outside zone, that stretch. And they killed him, man. It was the, and it was at two backs. That was, the first half is where they lost the game, first quarter specifically, which we'll talk about. But th- that was just a little bit of what Mike Gundy did that was simplistically brilliant to end up beating Texas at, at one of their weak points, which is that linebacker. And that was actually something that Tom Herman was sort of talking about going into the Oklahoma State game, but in reference to the Texas offense. And it was whenever asked about the alignment and how you know in certain alignments of the jet sweep guy or when you bring in like say you're saying an h-back and then be able to at that point you may have to declare a guy ineligible but it's because you are able to move the defense identify the defense and then occupy the defender of your choosing and then Gundy just knowing that he had this it became a numbers game and at that point he just understands and has faith in the system like I don't care if these guys aren't going to exactly execute this is the right call for the personnel on the field and I'm going to take it six at a time and we're going to continue to do it because it's going to be to the wide side or to the to the side with the less least occupied players and you heard Herman talking about it and how Texas was starting to use like say the way H-back uh, would be used sometimes you they see do they use do that. like that it was just more more. odd though that yeah. I remembered Tom talking about it coming into Man. the week but it was one of the things that actually that's just a mainframe of these modern offenses in the Big 12 and if you can identify it, it's hard to stop it because at that time you're outnumbered. It crystallizes the count for the quarterback very quickly. Yes. Like, okay, boom, we got the numbers advantage here. Then this is the play we run. 
It's automatic. I mean, the numbers advantage. The Rams and, do the same thing. And, all these NFL and, teams doing the same and thing. And Oklahoma State kept the numbers advantage constantly in the first half mm-hmm. with an extra back. Or or they went double tight a lot of time, too. I want to say on 50, where did I get the number here? I mean, 58% of the time, they were either in two back or double tight. And it was the intricacies, all the intricacies of the shift, the chess match between Gundy and Herman. I mean, it even comes down the second Man. half with that punt when you end up having the punt and just being able to mimic situations and simulations just to be able to go and take advantage of your defense. Yeah. It's impressive. No, it was. It was. It, I had, I'm telling you, I was. I was. I was just impressed. As a football guy, as a Longhorn, I was upset and I was anxious. But and, for the art but of as the a side. football guy, yeah. man, you, you got to admire what Gundy did. You have to tip your cap. You do. And, and it was high level football. Of a job. If you look at how Oklahoma State approached the Texas game last year, and look at this year, last year because you still had Mason Rudolph, you still had James Washington, and that was the first game where Texas really rolled out the lightning package as their base defense. Great point. And it's almost like Mike Gundy approached that stubbornly. Like, you know what? I trust our personnel. We're going to get some stuff to pop. Let's just, yeah. just keep chipping got an away. NFL quarterback, and, NFL wide receiver. And it never really popped the way they hoped. Justice yeah. Hill, too. Forget about him. He was in the backfield. Yeah, and you know it was the turnover in overtime that cost Texas the game, yada, yada, whatever. But you look this year, it's almost like if Mike Gundy spent that bye week saying, you know what, if we're going to beat Texas – this is how we're going to have to do it. We can't just play our base offense. We've got to do X, Y, and Z, and we've got to execute X, Y, and Z very well because there is – look, it's like we say, every defense has vulnerabilities. Exactly. You can attack any defense. Yeah. It's just a matter of do you have the scheme within the framework of your offense to take advantage of those weaknesses, yeah. and do you have the personnel to do it? He did it with precision and, then, yeah. and pinpoint accuracy, man. I mean, the play-action passes. Let's go look at the play-action passes in the first half. Right out of 55 – uh, plays, 23 were passes. Of 30% of those 23 passes were play-action passes. Two of those were touchdowns. So the 40-yarder and that 16-yarder. Talking about so the they, run he, game. He was like, oh, yeah, I'm going play-action. You you bring you suck down those linebackers real quick in the play-action, and then you open up holes within defense uh, because the safeties also either get sucked down or those safeties or have they, they got to get way over the top. So that Tylen Wallace 40-yard catch that was a play-action pass, where does he catch it? Right inside, right? Mm-hmm. But behind those linebackers, in between those safeties, safeties were spread out because they're worried about the deep ball somewhere else, and boom, pops it for a touchdown because yep. we take bad angles and can't tackle. And the other one was Brent was a fourth down, I believe, the 16-yarder to that tight end. Some people say it was covered up, whatever. Uh, but they do a play-action pass, sucks down the safety Brandon Jones, boom, right there. They Dude, they they targeted Texas like specifically. There were plays where they were like, this situation, we got. I know exactly what we're doing. Because after he gets done with his – 20 plays he scripted or whatever, they have the adjustment that Tarlando makes. Mike Gundy's got no really adjustment for it. They pretty much, not shut him down, but they pretty much uh, nullify yeah. any yeah. big Almost plays. half of their production was in that first, in that first 20 plays. Yeah, and, and they knew that Texas was going to have their Be two weakness. starting corner, cornerbacks out. And I don't, listen, Tom Herman's building a culture. He's got to suspend those guys. They're late for multiple meetings, which is ridiculous, and we'll talk about that later. We're talking about the game right now. But Man, you, you could argue that he should have went Belichickian on it. Don't announce that stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't even tell anybody in practice. You know, Belichick suspended uh, you Malcolm. Know, Malcolm Butler during the damn game. Didn't tell it. You know, didn't tell nobody. Didn't even, didn't tell, even Matt tell Patricia. <laughs> didn't tell Malcolm Butler. Didn't tell Matt Patricia. Didn't tell Tom Brady. He didn't tell nobody. He said they said in practice they practiced just like everything was going fine. He almost should have done that and just told Chris Boyd and Devontae Davis, "Hey, this is the bye week. I want those young bucks to get a little bit more time. I need you guys rested for the Big Twelve uh, stretch run. Whatever he should have done, but." That you could argue was the that was the mistake revealing it so early well, that we're gonna have our two starting quarterbacks out. That should have been a game time announcement. I'll play devil's I'll play devil's advocate here. The fact that it got out and it was reported, I think at that point Tom Herman felt like I need to take control of the message and say yes, these guys are suspended. No, 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 yeah, I'm that's saying that. saying but that's why I said the Belichickian. That. You go right. back, you, Belichick, you, you go Malcolm Butler. Them. You don't tell no damn body. Right? Not Malcolm not a Butler's soul. confused. Like what, what you, the hell's <laughs> going on? Malcolm Butler's like, what the hell? I thought I was gonna play. I won us a Super Bowl. Nobody in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl. And I kicked one out in the end zone, dude. I know. I get what you're saying, Rodney. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. No, no, I agree with you. No, but no. To make a different point i i think and this is just me kind of piecing it together i don't have firsthand knowledge of this obviously because i wasn't there i think if you look at little jordan humphrey committing a similar offense because he missed a series for also being late 
I think the tardiness with Chris Board and Devontae Davis got to the point where and, and what I was told is the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back was when their players were to report back on Sunday from the bye week, that's when they were late. I don't know if it was like they were an hour late, they were thirty minutes late. They missed multiple meetings, right? But I think that was the big one. Yeah. And since they were allowed to go home and they and coming back, I wonder if that was a deal where maybe those two were told specifically, hey, you two do not yeah, be late yeah, getting yeah. back. Yeah, pull them aside, coaches, all like, hey, man, we need y'all to make sure that you are here, you know, hours early before so there's no issues. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that's what happened, but no, you're kind of connecting yeah. the dots. Obviously, they had their, their multiple offenders. Right. Yeah, they, yeah. They so it, it wasn't a good situation. And, yeah, you look yeah, – You had to do it. You had to do it. I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying – Belichick it, man. Belichick it. No, Belichick everything. Exactly. And that's the one thing about this team. Somehow Texas has everything in front of them and keeps getting these learning experiences. You get a mulligan versus Maryland. You still have a chance to run the table. You basically get a mulligan, like we said against Oklahoma State, that, yeah, well, you don't want to lose this game, but if there's a time to lose, Texas somehow controls their own destiny. It's a a 17-point first quarter. 260 yards for Oklahoma State. You're averaging almost 10 yards a play. Those are those plays we were just talking about. It's it was uh, just yeah. That's probably where the game was low. Because when you look at the second half defensively, Rod, I went I went back and watched impressive the the second half. I I went back and watched the second half last night, and even even the second quarter. Exactly, they really just being nice. The big the big thing they got. Look, if Chris Boyd doesn't miss time a jump, Oklahoma State probably doesn't score before the half. But I will say that uh, interesting. You bring up that point i think the the first quarter got him shook yeah. i think that first i think he, that's, chris Boyd is a prime example chris Boyd comes in fresh ready to go you know after that first i think they had that first uh series they're continuing from the first this quarter, first play the, the second, second quarter, quarter was a and third then, and goal, exactly yeah. Yeah. and then he comes in and i think everybody was just shook i think they were everybody pretty much except sam ellinger <laughs> on yeah. that team sam everybody except sam ellinger pretty much seemed shook just go to the first quarter because it was a shock it was like not only was it a you know a ruckus atmosphere homecoming barry sanders out there jerseys and you know what i mean all because this I, stuff going on pat crowd they banging on the damn you know the on the day of paddles on the sidelines, and yeah. the sidelines are tight, dude. They're so they're, they're tight. PJ B- basically, they're right now. You guys can't see it, so I'm subscribing to you. They've guys. seen, but this they are within studio. the crowd is within ten feet of that. You know, what I mean, and probably closer than that. Yeah. at some points to them, you can hear what people are saying. Like you mm. can, you can hear it. Like yes. people don't know. No, no, you can hear it as clear as you are hearing me right now. Conversations going on, people talking, and they are yelling at you. They are talking to you. That first quarter. That's when that home crowd. You got to take that home crowd out of it. Yeah. That's when that home crowd starts to make Texas, a difference I, in that second quarter. It. So I think the, the second quarter, Texas was just shook, man, and that's why they start missing tackles. Remember, most of those plays now become guys missing tackles, taking bad to angles. To your point, Vince Young was down twenty seven nine in the first half against yeah. that team. All the comebacks, like, right? Think about all the being, comebacks. Yeah, you, you can come back against Oklahoma State, but that this that team first got quarter. they got shook. They're too, they were too young. Where all the mistakes happen? They're at BJ Foster. Caden Stearns, mm. uh, you Kobe know Brandon Bruce. Jones, PJ Locke. I always say DBU lost this game, but all the youth you had in the secondary, Kobe man. Boyce. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think they were shook, Rod. Uh, when you when you start looking at why you know they they were shook and why they looked out of sorts. I even think the first drive, I don't think they were shook because this defense has been giving up points on the opening drive of the game pretty much all season. That's yeah. six of eight opponents that have gone down and got points. So th- there didn't look to be any panic. It's like, hey, look, we've given up touchdowns on the first Not, drive before. Yeah, but, but I think the fact that it continued <laughs> and it was like, okay, well, that, aren't we supposed to snap out of this at some point? And exactly I think, right. I think the fact that the barrage continued throughout the first yeah. quarter, I think that's what shook that defense. I agree. I agree. And it just say it was. I call it quicksand. I've been there. Trust me. I've been. <laughs> I've. Uh, whether it be Texas Tech at O2 or give Cliff Kingsbury with Wes Welker or it'd be Oklahoma in 2000, there's a quicksand that happens. And the more you fight to get out of it, mm. and it's like the deeper you sink into it. And that's what happened to them in that Trust first Trust me, we're a mental aspect where yeah. your mind can go into that negative area where exactly. it snowballs and you and, lose the confidence for no reason. And, it's like you're looking at that micro instead of the macro. And people were mad with Tom Herman for not trying to do more before the half. I think Tom Herman was like, "Nah, man, we need to stop this. We yeah. got to get inside, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta re, we gotta restart. We gotta reboot this thing because these guys, he knows psychologically that that if his defense looks like that and is that shook, then he knows he's in trouble." All right, time for our first break on the show. But when we come back, we're talking more about the Texas loss to Oklahoma State. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns twenty four seven dot com. 
Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Everybody's been trying to figure out why Texas plays in close games. Why don't they blow people out? Like, we've been talking about it all year. Like, this is who they are. Tom Herman's not just giving coach speak when he says, look, everything we do it's all arms of of what the big the big picture is for this program, yeah. which is they want to win playing championship level defense. Yeah. Bottom line, their offense is an arm, and it's going to play off of the defense. Kicking game is going to play off of the defense in theory, and we'll get to a big kicking game yeah, mistake we'll a couple of them that. here in a minute. Yeah. But yeah, if if defense isn't going well, then they really they have to reevaluate everything, everything on the fly. No question. If the defense isn't playing well, I agree. So, but I do think though, end of the second quarter and especially in the second half, Texas started making adjustments. And the biggest adjustment I thought Todd Orlando made, they were attacking the line of scrimmage. They're slanting, they're slanting defensive linemen. Yeah. They're bringing more five, more even sometimes rod six man yeah. pressures. So I think that was the big thing. They just got aggressive and started attacking. Yeah. And it's almost like Todd Orlando said, "You know what? If we're going to go, go down, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down doing what I do blazing. best, which is we're going <laughs> to blitz, we're going to bring bodies, yeah. and we're just going to throw pressure at the problem and see if it fixes it." For a, for a oh, while, it fixed it. I was saying for a while, it it's just a once yeah. you got once you got to the game where now all of a sudden it's a three point game in the fourth quarter and the game is in the balance. Oklahoma State went back to what they were doing that worked at the beginning. Was, you know what? We're just going to put the cowboy back in. We'll do some two back sets, mm, little tempo, and, and, we'll, back. and we'll run the Up football. Tempo. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I think that you know the big struggle for this team in, in that game was all of your you know your your leadership kind of collapsed on you a lot. You know, what I mean, like you had a lot of guys who were your playmakers, the guys who were leading by example that really could didn't make a lot of great plays. I mean, Brandon Jones didn't have a great game. I mean, that guy's been rock solid. Yeah. <laughs> All year long. Caden Stearns has been pretty much rock, which is crazy to say for a true freshman, mm-hmm. but been rock solid and he didn't have a great game. And, you know, they took advantage of the youth. Texas said, in that first quarter, you have three true freshmen on the field. All right. In your defensive backfield. And a redshirt freshman. And yeah. Kobe Boyce, who's played basically might as well uh, put him in the category it too. Seems like one, yeah. And if you don't think Mike Gundy looked at that and went, Okay, all right, we gotta take advantage of these young bucks. Let's first number one see if they can come down and tackle and fill an alley. Let's see if they can come down and fill a hole. And they didn't do it very well. Angles were off and guys were missing tackles. There's a I lot think of I counted how many missed tackles. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I got eleven. Yeah, you're but I'm sure there are more that. than that. Like I, I yeah. I'm 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 being very, very like conservative. They, there was a lot of guessing, and Rod. That's a lot. But yeah. when, the, when the secondary is asked to make run fits in the box or Philly Alley, it's a lot of guessing, it seemed well, like. Well, because like they, they kept running that stretch. Yeah. And yeah. Outside, that, that, that's the brilliance of that play. The defense. You, I, I, you don't really know where that hole is. You don't know what hole that running back's going to pick. Mm. You have no idea. He doesn't even need a hole. He's yeah. just ski sloping over to the side and exactly. then fall forward in a crater for get three more it, yards. It was, it was brilliant to keep running. That's my concern is that now there is a blueprint of kind of vulnerabilities to that Tyler Lando defense. And you got Hogerson, you got Kingsbury, you got you got some great off Matt Campbell, it's you got some mm, great offensive minds yeah. who may decide, you know what? I'm gonna copy that. And you don't need like listen, they they put Justice Hill and uh, what's the guy's name? King in the backfield at the same time. Sometimes it was Hubbard and King, sometimes it was Hubbard and Hill. Like it was just two tailbacks. They're like, we just need two bodies in the backfield. One guy gonna be a blocker, one guy's gonna be a runner. Hell, we might fake it. Sometimes they were doing like the, the crisscross Wolf. motion. Dude, it was it was just brilliant. Like they they took advantage of the Texas linebackers. And if you look at the dime, the not the linebackers also include Garrett Johnson, uh PJ Locke, BJ Foster. And Anthony Wheeler. Three of those guys are considered kind of a liability because one's a true freshman. Anthony Wheeler can be a step behind, and PJ Locke is PJ Locke. And, <laughs> and I'll just, that's what you attack at Texas. What I'll just point out in the dime package, Rod, two of those guys were non factors when the dime was really good last year. PJ Locke was hurt, and Todd Orlando decided, you know what? Mm, uh, that's a good I like point. Anthony Wheeler, but I need Gary Johnson and Malik that Jefferson actually on the is field a together. Really good point. Yeah. The, the variety of the dime last year. With you know the the different reincarnations of it, right? You got the John Bonney in there at times. You just brought mm. up Gary Johnson, which I didn't even think about actually. John, that may be the most important part of it last year that you had Malik and Gary Johnson. Because you Gary had, Johnson was a non-factor until you went to the dime as your you base defense. You got eight DBs in there essentially in terms of speed. Yeah. When mm-hmm. you had Malik in there, Gary Johnson, and then your six DBs, you got yeah. eight DBs in there. Malik and, and Gary is, is the key there. When yeah. you have your best, maybe two fastest guys on the field, because Gary Johnson's as fast as any DB. It's absurd yeah. seeing him. Out and there. Jason. Hall at times was basically another linebacker. Yep. He was basically kind of running a three three five mm-hmm. with the speed of just a dime package. And then you had uh, Antoine Davis. Forget about him. 
Um, man, yeah, you man, you're right. And you That's had totally ex- you had experience with those two guys, with Jason Hall and Antoine Davis. Like you had Jason Hall, who started as a, as a uh, true freshman for I think seven, eight games, and, and that's sort of what we were and, afraid and, of not and Antoine, being able to Antoine replace. Davis, yeah. Antoine Davis had been at Texas so long, like he played in a Greg Robinson defense Pure during his redshirt year. It's true, man. Like that is, yeah. He's like, I've seen them try to fix this Big Twelve conference. Like point, Antoine Davis was in a in a uniform, albeit in a redshirt year, when Manny Diaz was still employed. Like that's how long he had been around. No, that's that, insane. And, I mean, and now you think about, and you just brought up all the seniors and all the experience in that secondary back last year. And then now look at this year. Yes, the talent. And we even talked about now this Now you earlier. had one, but he you, plays for Tech. Yeah, you're just as deep. You st- but in terms of talent, hell, the ceiling might even be higher. Oh, for it is team. higher. I don't think there's any question right? about that. But you don't have that veteran experience. And that was exposed versus Oklahoma and those State, are the things- ironically, where they introduced that lightning package last year. And those yeah. are the places, yeah. though, when is that going to be exposed? It's going to be exposed on the road in this type of environment when you're taking on a good offensive yeah. line. And this is another situation Texas will face against uh- Texas Tech with Kingsbury. And if we talk about these type of downs, the way That's that true. the Before. running downs were able to set up the pass, and we been talking about how Texas's defense has stopped teams on passing downs really did great against Oklahoma against TCU all the USC those games this week was different Texas actually in passing downs allowed nine of 15 for 105 yards and it was standard downs though they just totally got taken apart and when you exactly and you can't have that type of stuff happen exactly yeah no and and, and let's just you know real quick get into Tylen Wallace and, you know, we didn't do him justice, I guess. I mean, we did. We talked about how great he was. We did. Everybody. But we still didn't do him justice. Yeah. I mean, that's how good he, he is. He went off. Hell, they, they doubled him at times. People don't realize that there were times they put, like, a DB underneath him to jam him. I think Caden Stern sometimes was putting the, putting the jam on him. And he was still he was still running around, and they were completed. It was the best game Taylor Cornelius has ever played. And we talked about. That's the thing for me at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about how his quarterbacks usually around that seven, eight game mark, they usually turn they, they make a turn for the better or the worse. He took a turn. Two for the things better. about Taylor Cornelius. One, Texas did not respect the, his running ability. Which is at ridiculous, all. Jeff. Yeah, he's I, I know. He was second on the team in rushing. And we talked about a highlight yards hell? per opportunity. Yeah. Highlight yards per opportunity, which Matt, you can break that down. Going into the game, I think he was at like nine, nine. almost nine point <laughs> nine. <laughs> That's you, insane. You, yeah. I mean, I'm saying, you, so you didn't watch the film? Like, yep. You didn't and respect then, his ability to And run? we talked about it last week. Whether it was what? more Taylor Cornelius or the addition of Spencer Sanders, we knew, hey, be prepared because they're, they're showing signs that they want to run the quarterback more. I don't understand. Jeff, if you have an off week, a bye week to self-scout, so you're thinking, all right, so how is this team going to attack me? If I was attacking my team based on the film watching, if I'm watching Texas, and I, we know Texas very well, you the, the dual threat quarterback is all is like the number one thing. You the, the quarterback run element is the number one thing that we agree is a structural integrity issue for Todd Orlando's defense, and it's been proven now over two years. And you know what? It ain't just Todd Orlando defense. It might just be anybody's defense. Right. <laughs> Nick Saban's got issues. If with you them add every, the ex, add the extra hat in the run game, bro, and you have problems. So. For them not to like to say they underestimate, I don't understand that. Like that is that's what it seemed like to me. Like man, that's crazy. Just, no, they said that. They, yeah, that, he said you that. didn't respect the ability of Taylor Cornelius as runner. That's and why Taylor, you got out coached. That's why you got out coached, man. That's a, that's Mike Gundy me, clearly made better use of the bye week than Todd Orlando did. I'll get, no I'll get to doubt. I'll get to and one point, I'll get to one point about that here in a sec. But the other thing about Taylor Cornelius, the first seven games he turned the ball over nine times. Yeah, this is true. He was a turnover machine. Yeah, you didn't turn him over. And one thing Todd Orlando said during the bye week. They really worked on really hard that he really wanted to fix. Third down defense. Third down defense. And, and, and this goes back to really the K-State game. Uh, it happened in uh, the Oklahoma game. Oklahoma's a different animal, though. But it happened in the Baylor game where they're giving up long yardage plays. It's not like they're giving up a four-yard run on third and one. Yeah. You're giving up like 25, 30-yard gains through the air on like third and nine. Like, it's bad. You realize, oh, let me find the number. Oklahoma State was something ridiculous. 10 for 20 on third down in this game. Yeah, 10, 10 for 20, 20 and on third down. And, and don't include the fourth downs where they were two for two. Two touchdowns two on fourth and one situations. Explosive plays. So not only do you give up the conversion of the fourth and one or whatever it is, you also gave up a touchdown. And a, was one was 36 yards. I think the other one was like 16 yards. Yeah. It's like, so you when you add those fourth downs me, to it, it makes it 12 of 20 because they exactly converted right. those at 60. And just like we were talking about, what did that run game set up? It keeps you on schedule. Therefore, you have closer third downs, easier to convert. And then that puts you in standard down passing opportunities. That's That's where Cornelius was 14 of 19 for 218 yards. Look, on passing downs, Cornelius was 4.2 yards per attempt. 
on standard downs, 9.4 yards yeah. per attempt. And that's because you're able to guessing. run the ball, be yeah. able to stay on schedule, and put you in advantageous situations. If he doesn't like what he sees, he can then use his legs to be able to get more yards, or he can pick apart your good secondary because they're in a vulnerable situation, being 14 of 19. And what do we say the modus operandi is for Todd Orlando, the three steps? Number one, you stop, stop the, the run, run, make them one-dimensional. Number two, you pressure the quarterback. Number three, you get force out, turnovers. Yeah. You can't accomplish two and three without, number one, stopping the run and making them one-dimensional. They never did that, so the whole entire thing collapses. And that's, that's, almost like, put, that's almost like that's the one thing Mike Gundy said, we cannot let allow them to make us one-dimensional. Because he's noticed, he's like, when, when Todd Orlando does that, man, that defense feasts. And he's right. That's exactly what they do. And that's why they didn't force any turnovers. You know, what I mean, they put pressure on Taylor Cornelius, but not consistently. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of in in spurts. I, and I thought there were there were two guys. There were two guys that start to finish on defense. I thought played really well. Charles Amenahu and Gary Johnson. I thought start to finish played. Really uh, well. Charles Amenahu and Gary. I can agree with you on that. I think. Uh, they, I mean, obviously, and, I, and I didn't think. I thought there were there Charles were times. Charles had a penalty for being offside. Uh, Gary Johnson. And he was off uh, a couple of times, but yeah. you're right. He has the speed to catch up. I, I, I agree with you on that. And I'll, I'll, I'll Chris, throw – just had, the third, I'll throw Chris Nelson in yeah, there. I, I, I got to look times, at Chris Nelson. It's always hard. You got to go back and watch There Chris were times Nelson on really some of those short player. yardage runs that put Oklahoma State in fourth and one where Chris Nelson was really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. No, I always said the DBU lost this one. I mean, I, as a card-carrying member, I'll say that. This is, this is a loss you got to put on DBU. All right, break time on the show, but when we come back, we'll keep talking more Texas football, so do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns, 247.com. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses? There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth, you have 14 login passwords, and you can't remember any of them. Doug 1, Doug 2, Doug is awesome. Doug is awesome, 1, 2, 3. Truth, it's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at GEICO.com. Doug is super cool, ampersand, underscore, exclamation point, exclamation point, 1985. Knew it. GEICO, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Are you putting your retirement savings in a 401k, IRA, or investment account? Then I have one word of advice. Stop. Many experts warn of a stock market crash any day now. And if it's anything like the last two crashes, you could lose 50% or more of your hard-earned savings in the Wall Street casino. Can you afford to lose half of your retirement savings again? Hey, you don't have to lose a penny because there's a better, safer way to save for retirement. And you can learn all about it in a free report. This is the report Wall Street and big banks desperately hope you never see. Why? Because this method continues to grow your money even when the market tumbles. It lets you take back control of your money and finances and it gives you penalty free access to your savings plus it beats the pants off any 401k or ira these are uncertain times so get the information you need today to guarantee your retirement security to get this free report go to bankonyourself.com right now that's bankonyourself.com bankonyourself.com i can't believe it that we're playing 4-4 four four basketball with a barbershop quartet? Pass the ball, pass the rock. We're open, just pass the ball. Pass the 
No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Well, let's go to the offense. And, you know, it wasn't all great for the offense uh, because you got behind Rod. You, you really... You kind of had to abandon the run game, but they had really to. didn't abandon the run game. I mean, they yeah. kept trying, at least trying to do it. But you had to. Man. I thought the big the big problem was this Texas offensive line, and the, you know, I you look at the defense, and it was a situation of all these little issues we've kind of talked about throughout the year. It caught up with the defense finally in, yeah. in one shot, right? And I think that was the biggest problem I've had with the offense is you know the offensive line is miles better than anything we saw last season. Agreed. But it's still not an elite offensive line by any means. And they've been doing a better job of getting hats on people, getting in front of people, getting a body on guys in the run game. Defend, defenders aren't running scot-free, but they're not getting a push. And, Rod, they didn't get a great push or a consistent push at all in this game. And the yards they made was either Sam Ellinger either making the right call on a read option or right. scrambling for yards or Keontae Ingram making something out of nothing. Other than the 15-yard gain, Keontae Ingram popped. It seemed like everything was him. You know, it's blocked for maybe a yard, and he's squeezing three or four out of it. Yeah, I, you know what? I don't – the running game, it became such – in my opinion, it became such a kind of a backstory for the offense because once they got behind, it was just all about by any means necessary. Yeah. Go make plays, go mm-hmm. keep, get Texas back in the game. I wish that the Texas, because they're to me, and we talked about it. That was the blueprint and the game plan for them to win the game was just to go out there, pound the rock, and stay out of those passing down situations. But hell, they ended up. And I will say the pass blocking for the offensive line, pass protection wasn't bad. No, it continues they to be good. one sack against the you know the, the 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 team that's leading the country in sacks per game. And that was as you said earlier on that last play of the first half where Sam's trying to run around make yeah. something out of nothing and So I you know I think that offensive line pass protection wise played well. You're right, run blocking and I mean maybe they had just above a, a passing grade. I I will say this though, Sam Ellinger and we'll get into the receivers here in a second, too, because I think we got to dive into that because of Colin Johnson, Lil' Jordan Humphrey, and him being suspended. But, man, Sam Ellinger, the one thing I'm starting to see now, we all agree he's become a mature player, a mature game manager. He's got, uh, in the last, what, seven games, he's got 19 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He still has the record, what, now 210 passing attempts without an interception. I mean, he is— Worth pointing out for on that road environment, you oh, don't no turn doubt. it over. It's so insanely good. Exa- exactly. When you it's know what you, you have to throw to the do football to win. Exactly, to, to get back in the game. And not only is he being that guy that can take care of the football and lead the offense, and, yeah, I know there's some still, there's still some you know, delay of game penalty stuff to worry about, him managing the game in that aspect, but his accuracy now, man, I'm telling you, his accuracy, it, it's, it's starting to become kind of freakish. I mean, I, a couple of those throws, the Keontae Ingram touchdown, mm-hmm. where he drops it right in the bucket and puts a dime on it, that Andrew Beck one where they get down, down to the, the goal seam. line. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one down the seam where he hit That's it and what, yeah, caught yeah, it over yeah, the yeah, shoulder. That, okay. Wait, get, is it a touchdown? 
I think no, he, he got, he got it down was, to yeah, the goal line right two, there. Yeah. Remember that after one, the USC game, we were man. talking about this, his ability that because he has that power base that some of those NFL co- like guys like Roethlisberger that you see that have these cannon arms, and you have that yeah. sturdy base and have your footwork behind you that he can play on this plane above the defense crazy, with LJ man. and with Colin Johnson that if you acquire also touch on these passes and you're understanding the defense, we've seen him back shoulder throwing guys in the last few weeks, like it could be really yeah. high ceiling for him collegiately. I have a look that Duvernay drop that he had, and when you look at it, it's actually him placing the ball away from the DB. It was it's placed, not no, it was placed <laughs> no, exactly it's, where it's it needed to be. Yeah. It's like, oh no, I'm going to throw it. I see the DB there. Let yeah. me throw it to that outside shoulder. Man, didn't the, LJ, the LJ throw? Dude, yeah, what did Jordan the, Humphrey drop? Another yeah, drop. That, I thought that was his most impressive throw because he stepped up and, and gunned it, and I'm like, man, that's some hot sauce. Well, I mean, man. you could argue the most accurate passer in the history of football went to his high school because Drew Brees has been doing Square stuff board. like this his whole life. And Cole McCoy is one of the most accurate passes in the history of college football. Yeah, no, and then when you look at Breeze and Rodgers, we're like sort of the evolution with the guys like Romo and quarterbacks about a decade ago that started to have the idea of just back shouldering and throwing, manipulating the coverage that you see and throwing yeah. these guys open. So this is how you sort of talked about spread babies and spread baby quarterbacks. When you're a spread baby quarterback that also is growing up in this heightened p- passing evolution, yeah. it, it, like the upside of these young quarterbacks, it's just something we've never seen before this low of a level of football. Yeah, it's, it's a subtle nuance mm-hmm. of their passing games. They're, they're almost seasoned passers even when they're young and inexperienced at a certain level. And you're seeing it all they're the doing country. Stuff that, they're doing that, stuff that, that NFL guys do. didn't do yeah. in the 90s. Well, like because in, didn't in, even imagine being able to do. Well, it's the 10,000-hour rule that exactly. Malcolm Gladwell has. It's Boom. basically like if you they, – they are playing more quarterback at a mm-hmm. younger age than those guys. So they have quarterback camps and they have yep. – you know, they have 7-on-7 seven seven now. They're so, interpreting the coverages. Of, they have 1,000 – probably – thousand times more reps than those like Dan Marino's and the Brett Favre's had when they were like fit like between 12 and 17. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and then you've had these 707. Yeah, those guys were yeah. basketball season. And then yeah, you have so, the NFL and the higher levels now coming down and playing more similar to what they've learned playing their whole yeah. life. Well, and, and when you talk about Sam Ellinger, let's not forget that when you talk about the passing revolution in the state of Texas, the 707 revolution in the yeah. state of Texas, no uh, the guy who's got an office down the road from us right here Todd Dodge Big. taught him quite a bit about there you go. playing yeah. quarterback. No doubt. You're starting to see it, man. You say, well, I will say that Todd Dodge even said that. He said that you were going to start seeing and, the progress and, in the, in the I'll sophomore give, I'll campaign. give Coach Dodge credit because all offseason yeah, he, he said, said this, the plays Sam made as a sophomore at Westlake exactly. are the same plays yeah. he made as a true freshman at Texas where you're going, son, what the heck are you doing? Yeah. Like, why are you throwing that ball there? And then it's like going into his junior year. The light goes off. It just <laughs> the the switch flipped. And yeah, the light went off. No, it did. It looks like the light went off for him. And they said, he said it was going to go off. He was like, that that's, the, that's the, the trajectory of this young man. It's time to step away, but coming up next, we'll preview the Texas game against West Virginia and look at the chances the Longhorns can come away with a win over the Mountaineers. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Matt, uh, I wanted to turn it to you about the West Virginia offense against the Texas defense from an analytic standpoint. Anything stand out to you? Yeah, just how good the West Virginia <laughs> offense has been. Uh, <laughs> so, that's how good well, they I mean, because we always talk about Sills, and Sills, if you remember last year, had oh, just man. the most unbelievable like touchdown percentage. Was like he's, 14 touchdowns? He's a goal line. Just basically, if they get inside the 20, you it's know that he can go up because of his length and just the chemistry that he has. It's like mm-hmm. if, say, McCoy and Shipley had, were an outside combo, that's what Sills seems to be with them. But this year, Gary Jennings Jr., he's had a catch rate of 80.5%, which you've been targeted 41 times. You catch the ball 33 times. You're really moving the ball. And they got three guys already with more than 500 yards receiving. So, I mean, it could play into Texas's hands the way we've been talking about. The way Oklahoma State was able to manipulate Texas was being able to run the ball and get themselves into short, advantageous situations on third down. If you're able to force West Virginia to maybe just throw the ball on a few of these situations early in downs and make plays. Now, if they throw early in downs and beat you, then you're going to get beat, and it's going to come down to what Rod was just talking about. How good are the Texas DBs against the strength of West Virginia? Luckily, you get West Virginia at home. That's going to work out. You know your season's on the line. West Virginia late in the year always seems to be a bit thinner. This year, they don't have a ton of injuries, so you look at it that way, it should play out to be a close game, and it's just 
like any other Texas game. Uh, over-unders floating right around 60, and Texas is barely favored. Uh, the one thing that sticks out to me, guys, and we talked about this last week, it really wasn't that much of a factor, but I think West Virginia will throw the ball more than Oklahoma State did. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Virginia's sack rate on offense. If you look at sack rate overall, mm-hmm. 105th in the country, standard down sack rate, 115th. Passing down sack rate, 75th. Bad. So if you're Charles Amenahu, you're Brecken Hager, you're Chris Hager Nelson. Gonna play? Hager's going to play, yeah. I mean, I, he's I, got like I some guess. injury. He's got the sternum deal. I mean, he played through it. Uh, It'll be a you, pain threshold. I, yeah, but it sounds like he's he's going to play. I thought yeah. for a minute you were talking about if there's going to be some kind of repercussions for the penalty at the end. Oh, no, no, no. Well, uh, yeah, I, I, I think being I think being either. called out by your teammates in the manner he was is probably punishment. Speaking of Charles Amenahu. Yeah, and, and and Andrew Beck. And that's just his roommate being like, man, he, like just like when you live with your roommate and you tell me he did something stupid, and it's good to see that. At least. Uh, yeah, I, I that's why you know uh, individuals on this team have made some not so smart decisions lately. Mm-hmm. I think o- like college kids, but I think overall the maturity of this team is beyond yeah. what we've seen from a Texas team in a long time. That's, got, that's leadership that's revealed itself, and it's it's obvious on the field. You can watch the leadership and see it. They lead by example. I agree with you on that. Yes, there are some guys, but like you said, not everybody's going to be the yeah. guy that leads. You know what I mean? Um, and I think a lot of that comes from Sam Ellinger. I think Charles Amenahu is one of those guys because uh, the part of Charles Amenahu's yeah. quote about Brecken Hager that I like so much uh, when he was talking about you shouldn't do that, he said that's not going to change the outcome that you caused. Yeah. Like you, You're the reason – we are the reason why the outcome was what. Yeah, it that's was. the lashing accountability. Out if you get psychological, you and, and, and that's what I, that's what I like. That's what I liked about this team after the <laughs> game whistling. is you know in, year, in years past we would have heard oh just got to go back and watch the film twenty four hour rule blah 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 or you know ah well you know they were a good team no that was a team that to a man they were saying we, we did this to ourselves like, yes they we, did you can I mean you can watch it over and over up. again there was so many mistakes by so many different players. Yeah. That yeah, I don't. It's surprising it, that they had a chance to win. That, well, that's that, Sam that shows the upside. I, I think that was a testament to Sam Ellinger because I'm trying to look at who played a phenomenal game, and the only person I can think of is Sam Ellinger that kept them in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Sam Ellinger, let's talk about the Texas offense and the West Virginia defense real quick. Uh, I Matt, you were talking about uh, some of the run game numbers. Were yep. you? Yep. And uh, just to, I wanted to go full circle when you were talking about uh, the on the offensive side, just the sack rate. You know, I, I brought up staying on schedule. You look at West Virginia, percent of their first downs coming on first or second down. They're fifth in the nation, seventy nine percent of them. So if they can, Texas can get the offense off the field. It's going to be the best friend to the Texas defense because mm-hmm. it'll. It'll come down to the ground control and being able. You don't want to limit this game because tempo, you want to pack in as many plays, but you still in football, not necessarily time of possession, but you want to be able to possess the ball to have control and dictate the tempo and be able to so, do what you want. That's sad. Basically, they don't even get to third down yes. very often They've because been they're getting first, first downs, downs on first over and over throwing. Yeah, so if crazy. Texas can get them off the field and be able to then with Sam be able to run the ball and have, use that extra body. So is getting to third down kind of in a in itself against West Virginia. And that, that, exactly. And you can even get to third down consistently. Because they don't care about running. They're just throwing yeah. so you get a first down when you Damn, throw the ball. That's a hell of a that's a that's a hell of a vice to be in. Like it is a good thing against that's how, how prolific that offense is. If you get to third down, you're already in a you put them in a duck out of water situation where they're uncomfortable outside their comfort zone. Yeah, they're not used to being no third. Look down. at the other side. <laughs> well, their defense. Welcome to life in the Big Twelve. Exactly. Their defense, though, ninety sixth in that same stat. So then you look around. They're not doing very What's that well. Third down conversion rate. Third. Uh, I don't have that okay. in front of me. But the average mm. down in distance right here on offense for West Virginia, they're hundred ninth. They have a long third down and distance because if they do get there, they've been it's, sacked. They've been sacked. Yes, Something has put them way behind on, the chains. The, on the other yeah. side, on defense. Defense, it's even better. They're forcing their opponents to be in third and 9.1. So they're very good defensively at forcing teams into third down. So this is all going to come down to Texas and some uh, Sam on third down. But like you were saying, what's the one thing that played well last week was Sam. And Sam. so now it's sort of the tipping yeah. point that third down is going to be key as they are in any football game. But this one penultimate whenever it's the massive strength of the offense and then their weakness on defense. So that'll be something. Big to to wow. Matt to Matt's point, if you look at the third down offensive numbers, Texas on the year converting forty three percent. You know that's pretty good. They're fifty one of one nineteen. West Virginia's at forty five percent, thirty five of seventy eight. Yeah, not wow. many. 
41 less. Yeah, and we talk about Texas. You want to stay on schedule. You want to get yourself in a third and manageables to be able to convert. West Virginia doesn't even care about no, getting not. a third down. Yeah, Explosive, baby. Throw the ball downfield. Let's go that's, and get seals the ball. That's why it's pretty simple. Up to them DBs. If your, quarter, yeah, your corners have a good game. You're gonna, you're probably gonna win. Hey, they hey, don't. That's why. That's one why, way to Keena be telling Boyd. But Iowa State, which plays basically the same defense Texas does without the Money. elite personnel, they were able to hold a Daner Hogerson offense to I think the lowest output Dana in the Hogerson history said of Daner Hogerson. Worst offensive performance he's ever been involved yeah, exactly. with. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. his words. So Texas got a real shot here to you know still have a really oh, good the defense because there'll be help. There'll be help for Texas in the back end because they'll be dropping seven, eight guys a lot. And that's where the sack rate Jeff brought up so big because Texas has been able to bring havoc from all different sides of yeah. the defense. If Omenahu and Hager can get there, if Hager's healthy, which is a big deal, be it'll healthy. be it'll be a fun one to play out. This is like sort of one that football nerds going to have fun yeah. watching. This is a good one. All right, let's get to uh, prediction time. Matt, start with you. What do Man, you think? I think this one's going to go over. It's going to be a high-scoring game, and I think that Texas ends up barely holding on and winning. It may come down to a difference between Dicker the kicker or not mm-hmm. and something like that i'd say i was gonna go a little bit lower 34 31 but i'm gonna go higher i think it's like 37 34 something like that yeah i agree right. rod b what say you yeah it's gonna be high scoring if uh and i either way texas win or lose you're going into the 30s i'm gonna go with 36 to 33 i'll go with texas pulling it out 36 to 33 I will go the opposite of the score last week. I'll go Texas over West Virginia 38-35. Think about this going into this game. If you're looking for a bounce if you're looking for a bounce back effort from Texas, keep in mind West Virginia, historically under Dana Holgerson, not very good on the road in conference. Number one. Number two, Tom Herman's record against ranked opponents and bowl opponents, eleven and four. Scoring margin of plus one thirty six in his favor. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> this sets up to be a bounce back effort. By the it Longhorns. does, I, everything feels good about them. It's almost like that loss came at a, a perfect time. If you're West Virginia, you're upset that Texas just lost. Yeah, I mean, so I would much rather have them riding high. We mm-hmm. talked about it during the bye week. I felt there was another loss, maybe two oh, somewhere yeah. in here. We always said they're going to lose one of these road games. Really tough road. We schedule. had them at had them at nine and three. We knew there was another loss coming. At least one. We knew they weren't going to go eleven and one. Well, and pick right. Texas to win the Big Twelve via tiebreaker against these teams and Texas owns that that's yeah. where, that's where it's you, at right now can you imagine if Texas wins this game and they beat Texas Tech they'll they might be playing Iowa State hmm. with a trip to the Big 12 title game on the line that game's going to be on LHN. LHN, baby. LHN's like, yes! You finally pays off a decade in. We get one big game. Yes. And if y'all didn't notice, our scores were awesome. 38-35, Jeff. 37-34, Matt. 36-33, Rod. We're just a point down from each other all the way across the board. That's crazy. Yeah, there you go. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9, 1019 AM, 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can hear Rod B. each and every weekday on the Rodcast from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt. You get us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anywhere you get your podcasts, and always get our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.